Well, good morning. I've failed to say before, uh, I am Pastor Andy. If you are just now recognizing that, that's my fault. I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Andy. It's nice to see you. And I have the privilege of bringing to you uh, the words that God has laid on my heart. Uh, I have prayed. Our church has prayed for this moment. And God is here. So I want to know, have you ever wanted more? I know I have. I think about Thanksgiving. We have this fantastic meal, and you get your plate, and it's a small Mount Kilimanjaro, and you're like, oh, this is so good. And you polish that off, and then you're like, oh, I didn't know that was there. And you go back, right? And you want, you want more. And then you're like, I shouldn't eat that. And you see there's a whole nother table of the really good stuff. You got the pumpkin pie, the pecan pie, everything else. And then you're like, oh, this is it. I need more. Have you ever been like that? You need more? You just feel like it? And then you're like, oh, I did not need that. Have you ever been there? I know I have. But have you ever wanted more in life? Maybe it's you wanted another job. You wanted more pay. You wanted more kids. You wanted a new car, a bigger house. Have you ever wanted something like that? I know I have. I got married and I was, me and my wife, we were like, we want four kids. And God said, you can have one okay. And 11 years later, he's like, you can have another one. I got you. <laughs> so we have two. We're halfway there. And I, I'm, I don't want any more after this age because it is exhausting. <laughs> but if you've, you've asked for more and, you know, like that Thanksgiving meal or maybe the second child of mine, it's a little bit more than I, I thought it was going to be. I don't know. I know I'm guilty of asking for more. But I wonder, have you ever got the more, whatever it was, and it was everything that you hoped for? Have you ever asked for something, that new car, and it was just so amazing, it had all the bells and whistles, it was just perfect. You would never wanted any new car after that. Have you ever felt that way? Did you ever want more education, maybe more customers for your own small business? How about more free time or better health? That's a big one. Have you ever asked for any of these, but you failed to think about the consequences if you got what you're asking for? Maybe that bigger house comes with higher taxes and a lot more landscaping than you have time for. Maybe that, that promotion you got at work is filling your already overflowing schedule by taking more time away from your kids and your wife, your husband, your family. Maybe that new car comes with a whole lot more insurance premiums. Maybe the more you're asking for was just more than you thought it would be. I'm guilty of this. I've asked for more. I've sought for more. I have tried to achieve more. 
But the more, it's different for each of us. But I wonder what happens when we ask and we don't receive it. Have you ever been that person that you're next in line for promotion at work and you go through the whole process, you jump through the hoops, and then the day comes and they pass you over? How do you respond to that? Do you get mad or angry? Do you just completely shut down? Do you want to yell or scream or maybe hit something, not someone, but something? You punch a wall or a punching bag. You know, we have this human side and we have emotions and sometimes we just need a place to take them out. Have you ever been like that? You've asked for more and you didn't get it. Well, maybe we can relate to this guy. Breaking news, King scores, and more sent right to your cell phone. Sign up for News 10 text messaging on News10.net. A little uh, marriage proposal going on in midcourt right now, Jerry. I really can't imagine uh, doing that. You know, that's that's under pressure, isn't it? Well, whatever you did work because you're still married. How many yeah. years? Forty years. Forty years. So yeah. I think people ought to be asking you well, how to do it. Well, I tell you, if I'd have did it that way, I wouldn't have got. She'd have probably need me while I'm down there. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just waiting once for the for the gal to say no. Okay. And, yeah. Oh, you, know, uh, you know that would be. Uh, well, she has to say yes there. She may say no as soon as they walk off the court. Oh, uh, I think she's saying I can't do it right now. So I, I really do like you a lot, but uh, let's just be friends. Uh, look at this. Wow. Well, how do you like that? Well, I, you know, I was just joking when I said that. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> boy, that uh, uh, young man... Uh, Probably, probably get over it in uh, 10, 12 years or so. Good little prank here on uh, the night before Valentine's Day. Have you ever wanted more and you failed to think about what the consequences may be? What a grand gesture this fellow made. And center court, I can only imagine in front of tens of thousands of people declaring his love, expecting a yes... And receiving a no. I, I can only imagine the humiliation um, he felt, the rejection. There's, <laughs> you saw him walking off of the basketball court and he was in disbelief that that just happened. But we all have this in common, that we, we ask for things. We also have in common that we do not receive what we're asking for. I imagine there are several times in your life where you've wanted more, but you have not received it. I know we all have times where we've asked. But I want us to think, maybe in the last, the last days, maybe the last hours of your life, you've wanted more and you didn't get it. There's the last week, or the last month, you, maybe you just wanted more time at work and all you got was more Netflix. On your chair, there's this little square with the numbers 1, 2, and 3 on it. And you should all have a pencil as well. I want you to take that, and I want you to think about moments in your, in your life where you have asked for more. Maybe you got what you were asked for, 
and you didn't like the consequences, or maybe you asked and you just didn't receive it. And as we go throughout this service, I want you to write them down. Maybe immediately something comes to your mind. I, I had to think a little bit because I wanted what I wrote down to be really good. And to me it means a lot because I asked for more and I haven't got it yet. And it's just, it's frustrating and I'm at that, that point where I don't have it and you know my human emotions want to take over. But as we go through, it's important. I want you to write something down, at least one thing, two things. Maybe you want to flip it over and keep going with a four, five, and a six. It's okay. It's on your seat. But write those down. You know, all of the things that we want, it boils down to one thing, to one word. And Paul writes about it in today's scripture. Paul, he wrote 13 books of the New Testament, which is mind-blowing because this was a guy that he hated all things Christian. He hated God. He hated, well, I should say he hated Jesus because he said he was God's son. And so, you know, he took it upon himself to, you know, take care of this problem of, of believers. And so he wanted to arrest him and kill him. And then he had this moment in his life where he ran into Jesus. And his life changed, and it changed in a huge way. And then he wrote half of our New Testament. But he writes today in this fourth chapter of Philippians, in verses 11 and 12, he says, I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. And every, in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. So there it is. Paul wrote it two times in two verses. The one word, content. And Paul, he's writing this letter to the church at Philippi. He wasn't asking for anything. He even says, I'm not at saying this because I'm in need. Even though he was under house arrest, he was chained to a Roman guard. It would have been justifiable and even understandable if he did complain or even ask for a few things. I know if I were in his situation, I would probably ask for things like uh, better food, different companionship, maybe some of my own friends and not a, a Roman guard. Maybe I would just want to go for a walk or use the bathroom in private. But Paul, he said, I'm content. When preparing for today... I had to stop and think about this word. It's a, it's a little word, but I had to stop and think about what it means. So I did what anybody else would do. I went to the internet because everything on there is trustworthy and true. I quickly realized it's not. So I went to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, and I looked up the word content. And it has a lot of meanings because it's all, also pronounced content which doesn't mean anything related to being content. 
And I was reading through, and I'm like, this is nothing, nothing, nothing. Aha! I found it. It's a one-word definition that Merriam-Webster brought forth. And it was, it was kind of a mind-blowing moment, because it was satisfied. And this helped me to understand what was at the heart of Paul's meaning in these verses. What was Paul content with? What was he satisfied with? Was it his job? I don't know, because he was a tent maker. He didn't have a job at this moment when he was writing this letter. Was it his friendship, his companionship? He was chained to a Roman guard. So what did he really have to be satisfied with? And it would have, I believe, it would have been so much easier to show contempt for his current situation in life. Because ever since Saul, who became known as Paul, had his run-in with Christ on the road to Damascus, his life had been really rough. He had been beaten multiple times. He had been stoned multiple times and left for dead. His life was constantly being threatened, and people were always making false accusations against him, which ultimately led to his arrest and his current situation. Before Jesus, Saul, he had position, he had authority, he respect. People feared him, but not now. His conversion to being a believer an apostle for Christ, meant that he lost everything that he knew in his life. Have you ever been unsatisfied or discontent with your life and asked for more? If there was ever a time in Paul's life to ask for more, to ask for different, this was it. But instead, he continues with the next verse, it's Philippians 4.13, and as soon as I said that, a lot of people's brain went, Oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This version says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, if you're like me, you have heard this verse on its own many, many, many times, and it fosters imagery that I can conquer any mountain that comes my way because I have Christ, because Jesus is, is with me. I can, I can get that next level on the ladder because Jesus is with me. I can do anything. But I was reading this passage, and I was reading it in its context, and that's not what it's about at all. It was another mind-blowing moment of preparation because Paul's not talking about us being able to actually do anything or overcome any obstacle in our lives. Because what, what was the word he wrote two times? It was to be content, to be satisfied. And he's saying that in his ability to be content or satisfied— with everything in his life, it was because his strength came from Jesus. Paul was satisfied with where he was in his life, with everything going on. Because he knew Jesus. So whether he was well-fed or hungry, 
whether he was with friends or running for his life, whether he had money or he had none, he was satisfied because he had the strength of Jesus. So now, if you wrote something down, I don't know what I did with mine, on your card, I want you to think about it, that list of three things. Think about it. And they represent a variety of situations in your lives. Some of them may have come true. You may have gotten the promotion or recovered from an illness, bought a new car. Some of them you may still be struggling with. I want you to think about your reaction to the outcome. Were you content or satisfied with what you received? If you were content, I ask why? Were you satisfied because you knew that it was just a a short-term discomfort in your life? You had the promise of going back to work after the COVID quarantine was over. Maybe you had this really tough conversation with a co-worker and it was just one conversation done and you, you can move on. Maybe your satisfaction came in the fact that you knew that you could see the end. Or maybe you were satisfied because you know Jesus. You know that no matter the situation, in jail, chained to a guard with no food or no toilet paper, with plenty of friends, a nice house, an old car, a beautiful family, maybe it's the same job, in a COVID quarantine, you can be satisfied that Christ has already suffered for you and has given you a promise. It's the promise that Paul wrote in verse 13, that you can do everything through him, through Jesus, who gives you strength. It's the same strength that Jesus used to keep him on the cross. It's the same strength offered to us in this promise that we can be content in all things, whether good or bad, positive or negative, life-changing or moment-altering. Maybe you find yourself in contempt of what you asked for or in the consequence that followed receiving that more. I can relate to that. Some people here feel that way. Something in your life is causing this feeling of despise for someone or something. But I want to remind you what Paul was. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He was arrested. And ultimately, he was killed for for one thing. One thing only. That he confessed that Jesus was God's Son and he was the Savior for all. Paul submitted to God's authority and found that no matter what was happening to him, he could be content because Jesus was with him. But how? How was Paul content with all of this going on? What did he do? Well, he read. 
He read the scripture available to him. He read the accounts of the life of Jesus. He prayed to God. He would often go off on his own and he would pray. He built a relationship with Jesus. And as a result, he was able to be content. Let's take a look at this young man named Ezra. We're going to watch this video, and we're going to learn how he learned to be content. What was different about your body when you were born? I was actually born with one finger on my left hand and a full left leg, but it was curved. I had surgery when I was two and a half years old to remove the part that was curved, so I had a stump that they could put a prosthetic leg on. And then they took the big toe from that and they put it on my left hand, so I have two fingers. I did tons of physical therapy to try to get my new finger to work like a real finger and not like a toe. I was always trying to figure out how to bring them together and how to get them to come together and touch. And I was sitting in the shower and it touched. And it was amazing. I was running around the house screaming, yeah, I did it. Because that was like the first milestone. Do you feel different than other kids? Sometimes I do. People do stare and whisper. I'll be thinking like, there's tons of kids in this world. How did he happen to choose me to be one of the kids that had to get their leg taken away? And I asked God, like, can you please give me a leg? Somehow, some way. Well, then I have to think, I was born like this. I can't change it. And when I play sports, I don't feel different. I don't think about anything else. I just think about what's happening in the game. Would you say sports have become a ritual for you? Yes, because I feel like if I don't play sports every day, I feel weird. I've always felt like sports is where I can go when I'm sad or lonely or anything. I love competition. I love the feeling. I love being under pressure and everything. When I'm playing sports, I go from thinking about all the other things to game of. When I'm in the zone, I feel like I have this like fire around me. And then the flames pop up and have this circle around it. So any thoughts that try to come in and they get burned by the fire and they don't let in. Do you feel you have to work harder than other kids? Oh yes. I bet kids when they take a step, oh I took a step, big deal. For me when I take a step, I say oh no big deal. But I thought about every little bit. I put so much pressure on my body from being in a prosthetic all day. I come home, I'm like dying from back pain. And I have to stretch before I go to bed every night. So how do you stay positive? I have to think about what I have instead of what I don't have. I have a great life. I have a great family. I have great legs. I have great friends. I have a great school. I could go on for years. I'm just grateful that I have so many things that are great in my life. There's lots of challenges in people's life, and that's a little wall right there. So I try to break down that wall. If I'm just running around like playing soccer or shooting a layup, I don't think about it. I don't feel different when I'm playing sports because that takes me away from my disability, but it's a good thing that 
I'm born like this. I've learned to be confident in myself. I've learned how to be strong. That's Ezra. I, I can't imagine going a day where I have to actually think about taking a step. I can't imagine having to stretch to go to bed. I can't imagine not being able to touch my fingers together. Because I do all of these things without thinking about them. And the question was, was asked to Ezra, well, how do you, how do, you do this? And he said, well, I choose what I focus on. He was saying, I I choose not to think about my disabilities, the things that are just not right. And he chose to view his life differently. He chose to focus on the good things, on his abilities, the, the gifts that God gave him. He says he loves sports. And in the clip, you saw him playing football and basketball and soccer and track those are things that I can't do on my best of days. Ezra said, when I was young, when he was young, he would pray to God that somehow he would have a leg, that God would change him. But then something changed in Ezra. He knew God. So I wonder if there's something that we can learn from Ezra. To learn from Paul that we don't always have to be asking for more, for different, for better. Instead, maybe we need to be submitting and asking God to take the things that we are holding in contempt, that we are dissatisfied with, so that we can be content and satisfied we need to ask god to take those things from us and replace them with his strength that promise that paul wrote about to help us be content in our situation not so that we can always be bigger and better it's perfectly fine to want a new car to move to a better neighborhood to want a different or a better job. It's okay to want more money. But without Jesus, you will never be truly satisfied. You will always be left wanting more. So just a moment, uh, Bethany is going to come up. She's going to sing a new song. It's called Satisfied. It's new to us. And while she is singing it, if you have your card, I found mine. If you have yours, and you're tired of being weighed down by whatever this is, whatever the more you are asking for, by the contempt that you're holding on this situation, if you're tired of that, while she is singing, I want you to take your card there's two altars, one on each side of the back of the sanctuary, or 
we have the stage up front. I want you to take your card and as a symbol, as an act of worship in your life, if you want to, take your card and come set it down up here or in back. And do it to symbolize that God, I'm giving it to you and I am asking that you would satisfy my soul. That you would create in me a sense of being content because Christ is with me. So Bethany's going to come. And as she's singing, think about what you've written down. And like me, if you're tired of feeling that way, give it to God. And ask in your mind and in your hearts, maybe even out loud, that God takes it and replaces it with God's strength.